point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? That smell makes me nauseous. I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Bottle cap uh, issues there? Yeah, the lids on these things suck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Today we're drinking some uh, Zero Sugar Reed's Ginger Ale. Also, some New Holland Ichabod Pumpkin Ale, because it's delicioso, but it's in cans. Yeah. So, we thought the bottle caps on the ginger beer would be more satisfying. We were wrong. Mine was perfectly satisfying. A little out of... uh, I guess I should have twisted it off. I might have gotten that sound. Maybe. Well... Let's see how many things I can get to go wrong on this recording. <laughs> Start keeping a counter. One down. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Okay, Karen. We're back. <laughs> Jeez, you fucking whiners. For Reeves' sake, I hear you screaming. Well, by Keanu's beard... We are here to answer your prayers while our Lord and Savior is invariably busy killing off an entire underground mafia network and being genuinely likable while doing so. I mean, am I rested? (laughs) Let's rest. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Have I found some new glorious type of fulfillment in my life? (laughs) Oh, honey. But am I just bored enough to do this shit again because something has to stave off the dementia? Well, yes. (laughs) The official story is that the last episode of Angel was so bad, we had to go meditate in the mountains for three months to process it. (laughs) Is that what we wrote in our press release? Uh, (laughs) Shit. Yeah, all those press releases we do. I think that was supposed to be your job. (laughs) Oh. That's the story and you are sticking with it. Would you like to give us a list of all of our executive doodle-doos? Yes, we haven't done this in a while, and the names have been changed up. Thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. They are as follows. Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Paul Dahlheimer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Catrick J. Furr, Scarlett Choi, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, K. Fronome, Father DeFenestrato, Methuen de Burr, Kelly McAdams. Yeah, she changed it to Mick. Oh! Kelly McAdams and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you all, this show literally would not be possible. Wait, that's... There it is. (laughs) I forgot how to grow, you guys. I'm fucking Peter Pan over here. I mean, I'm not fucking Peter Pan. I mean, I'd hit that. Never mind. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, that's a bit... uh, Don't do that. (laughs) I, I mean, 
I just think of Robin Williams when I think Peter Pan, and he was probably younger than I am now when he filmed Hook. So. Oh God, I have to look that up now. So. <laughs> Hold on, we're we're looking that up. In three, two, one. We're gonna have the age of Robin Williams when he filmed Hook. My guess, thirty-five. No, new guess, probably forty-two. During Hook, Robin Williams was forty. Huh. Okay. So three years older than us. A little on the high end, but but basically our age. Yeah. Yeah. Julia Roberts was 24. What? Yeah. Oh, hell no. Damn. That's weird. Fuck, she must have been like 12 when she filmed Pretty Woman. Hey, guys, let's cast a child in the role of the whore that <laughs> the man falls in love with. That's romantic, right? Ugh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't think whore is the preferred nomenclature anymore. Uh, no. It, uh, it was only a year before Hook. What? She was 23. Oh my god. God damn. I could have sworn that however, had been like five years before that. However, Richard Gere was 41. Ew. I mean, not judging. I, uh, I don't really have room to talk. I'm judging a little bit. It's an 18 year difference, bro. That is a full high school graduate legal adult. Fully aware. (laughs) Um, But, you know, consenting adults. Yeah. She's in her 20s. My partner is is (laughs) mid-20s. All right, all right. (laughs) Personal situations aside here. Again, consenting adults. Yes. yes. Consent is important here at Beer with Buffy. Like, you are consenting to listen to us. Not sure why. (laughs) But that's not what's important, right? Right? You know, (laughs) as surprising as it is that people listen to us, it's more surprising to me how much clamoring to return we have gotten. I know, right? Let me just tell you all, all of you impatient fans, you warm my damn heart. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Funny story, though. When we left off, we were doing a review drive, and we had 49 reviews on iTunes about three months ago. Guess how many reviews we have today, Rex? I hadn't been checking. I have no idea. 49. Really? (laughs) Still 49 reviews. So guess what? We're still doing that fucking (laughs) iTunes review drive, and I'm going to keep yelling and screeching and squawking at you about it. I'm really bummed that there's not like a review that was just like, I'd have given these guys five stars if they (laughs) didn't take a break or something like that. (laughs) Well, for fuck's sake, we'd been going for like a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, non-stop. We are changing things up here. We're we're adjusting our release schedule. Uh, there will be a episode release every other week. Uh, this is to hopefully keep us from burning out again. Uh, mm-hmm. We would uh-huh, like to uh-huh, not uh-huh. do that. And we, I think, what, bro? <laughs> I love burning out, man. Um, I think here, take a hit off of this. We're probably gonna do it's a podcast. Some shorter breaks throughout the year instead of big long breaks. Don't you want to take a hit off this podcast, bro? It's wicked shit. Oh God, I don't. Know, it's a little skunky, but <laughs> <laughs> these guys like don't have any experience or know what they're doing. But I just really relate to them, you know. Excuse me, though, Josh. We've been doing this podcast for years now. And I have a degree in theater. <laughs> don't like I don't have a degree in like, broadcasting, but I don't but... think we can necessarily 
say that we have no experience podcasting anymore. I was a professional Shakespearean actor briefly. Very briefly. So I think that counts. If I were doing an interview to be on a podcast, <laughs> that would come up. <coughs> no, no, no. We are absolutely not inexperienced, even for podcasters anymore. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, but no, seriously, iTunes reviews. We're still doing a drive, and we're going to give away a hoodie or something with yep. our logo on it. And by the way, the person who made that logo is also a Kalamazoo Ghostbuster. <laughs> has an awesome fucking Ghostbusters car. Um, and did the illustrations for a banana car book. Yes. Has that been released yet? Yes, it is. It is out there. Cool. So it's not just a great um, logo. It's a great logo made by a really cool fucking dude. I can't remember the name of the banana car book, but it is, it is, it is out there. I'm sure if you Google banana, banana car, car book, book, children's book, like you will find it. <laughs> if you just, if you just Google Michigan banana car You'll find it. Oh, I'm specifically sure. Michigan banana well, car. The, the dude's from Michigan. I know, and but he's been all over the United States at well, this yeah. point. Yeah, I don't think there's more than one banana car. There might be, but it seems unlikely. There are no new ideas, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the famous one anyway. If there's yes. another banana car, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I promise you. Anyway, we're here to do a job. We are. We are. Hey, we're not going to do voicemails today, but uh, Crystal River Sam, K for No, Madam of Many Monikers, I hear you. I hear all four of your voicemails. <laughs> we're going to get to you. Um, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're back. <laughs> Our backs hurt. <laughs> um, you know, just from... Sitting and working and sitting and working and also being whipped by you and your voicemails. <laughs> so calm down. It's going to be okay. Um, Maybe. Probably. Most likely. I mean, try not to think about it. <laughs> so today on Beer with Buffy, we're going to be reviewing an episode called Listening to Fear. It is episode nine of season five of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. I'm so thrown off by going directly into the episode from that. I don't know. There's there's yeah. one thing left, Rex. Oh, God. How did I act? I actually fucking forgot. <laughs> How did... Oh, God, it's been too long. Yeah. We have to have a parental synopsis. Goddamn right you do. <laughs> Specifically, which kind of parental synopsis would you like? A mom Rex? synopsis. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, I've just got a little uh, little cold today. I, I found this grocery bag full of mucus in the bathroom, Joshua. <laughs> Is that from you? That's none of your damn business, and I'll thank you to stay out of my personal affairs. Your mucus membranes are 100% my business, Joshua. Come here and let Mama make it better. <laughs> what? What, what? What are you doing? How do you know it's not coronavirus? Well, that's technically what the common cold is. Now get over here! Ew, no! What the hell are you even gonna do? Wouldn't you like to know, you little smotty pants? <laughs> oh dear, look at that. I sneezed up an alien. Oh, for the love of fuck! What the fuck? What? This is, what the fuck are you fucking gonna do with my face? This is really fucked up. What fuck? It looks like a fucking giant grub with the mouth of a sandworm. Oh, Jesus! Go 
get your little brother Gordon so he can meet his newest <laughs> little brother Joshua. Ah! 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 <laughs> Gordon, thank God you fucking killed it. Oh my shit. No way am I gonna be a middle child to fuck that noise! <laughs> Gordon, what have you done? You murdered your little- Wait. It's okay, Mom. You just sneezed up a demon worm from outer space and your imaginary youngest son murdered it for you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I did not just say that. I think I just said that. I think I'm gonna go lie down. Good plan. <laughs> so today on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Summers family gets some news and it's time to move forward with brain surgery for a tumor in Joyce's head that's making her a bit cuckoo. Unfortunately for her, this is just bad timing, okay, because it happens to coincide with the completely not accidental summoning of a fucking Queller demon from outer space, which is specifically designed to kill off crazy people, which is handy because Glory has been just plain packing the mental ward with cuckoo clocks. The demon follows Joyce, Buffy, and Dawn home, and they have themselves a wild and crazy time playing board games with it, or I mean stabbing it to death with a kitchen knife. Same thing, really. Riley isn't scoring any points with anybody. Spike brazenly steals some pictures of Buffy from her basement, uh, presumably for his spank bank. We learn Ben is one of Glory's minions, and Joyce puts two and two together that Dawn isn't really her daughter. The end. Ladies... Gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Ooh, Cold open in a hospital. That is correct. Don is eating Joyce's Jello and is all up in Joyce's business, lying in her bed with her. Well, to be fair, like her mom's sick. Oh, I know. It's fucking adorable. But there's also the other side of me where my first impression is, Ew! Don't get in someone else's hospital bed. Gross. Right. Do you know how many people shit themselves in hospital beds? They clean them. They're designed to be shat in. Oh. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why the hospital bed is covered in plastic. <laughs> okay. They, they they change the sheets and shit. That makes it so much better. Um, <laughs> uh, still. No, I get it. I get that it's fine, but it's still weird to me. The girl's afraid for her mom. Give her a break. Yeah, no, she's got a great rapport with her mom, and they're being all cutesy, and it's actually, it's really adorable. Um, but Dawn's eating this jello. With her hands. <laughs> and it kind of gives me a quote of the day right out of the box here. Because <laughs> she's like, this girl at school told me that gelatin is made from ground up cow's feet. And that if you eat jello, there's some cows out limping with no feet. <laughs> but I told her I'm sure they kill them before they take off their feet, right? Right? <laughs> no, my favorite part of that exchange is Buffy after that looks to her mom and says, you're the one who insisted on teaching her to talk. Yeah, that was that was really the highlight. But <laughs> I love the look on Dawn's face. She she legitimately is like, right? Tell me yeah. I'm right. <laughs> I, I don't want to be a party to poor cows wandering okay. around with no hooves. To be fair, Dawn, they, they are not, gelatin is not ground up cow's feet. Gelatin used to be produced by boiling bones. Yeah. 
It is no longer produced that way. It is gelatin is now made chemically. Hmm. Like vegan jello is a thing now. Is it all that way though, or is it just some of it? I'm not sure. Hey, there's something for y'all to Google. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, yeah, it looks like Joyce has some good news though. Oh, thank God. I think we're out of the woods here, Rex. I think she's going to be okay. I'm pretty optimistic myself. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing could possibly go wrong. No, nothing, 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 nothing. Because the doc comes in, tells them her blood work came back fine, and they've scheduled a surgery for her to remove that gal darn tumor. Basically, she will have to be in the hospital for two fucking days. Two full days, which, oh. honestly, I mean, when you're waiting for surgery, that's that's not that much. Right. Uh, not that I've ever done it, so I've. it just sounds to me, based on some wait times I've heard, that that's pretty good. But I still wouldn't want to sit in the hospital for any length of time. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could do two days, as long as, like, I could have shit to do and entertainment like fuck bring me books yeah i could i could deal with two days and i would go fucking stir crazy by the end of it yeah but i could do it but understandably joyce doesn't wanna but buffy and don promise that they're gonna stay with her the whole time and they're gonna have all kinds of fun and yeah, they just uh, need to get her a game boy or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe she's not into video games it doesn't seem like a mom kind of thing to want to do growing up my mom had a game boy Really? Yeah. For Tetris. And only Tetris. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, I don't think I've ever seen my mom play video games, but that's not true. She's got a couple of those app games. It's like a puzzle game. You match the colors and uh, shit. Yeah. It's like Tetris, but yeah. it's not Tetris at all. So I guess she does kind of play her own kind of little casual video games there. So weird. Anyway, um, yeah, they're going to save her from the horrible anticipation, try and keep her mind off it, while in that fucking special. Well, and Buffy's taking time off of patrolling. Yes. Which, you know, she should. She's got shit going on. Yeah, there's nothing specifically that she needs to go out there and fuck up, so the Scooby Gang's on it. Yeah, that's fine. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, she says that uh, Riley and the Scoobs are going to be taking up the patrolling duties. Cut to Graveyard. And in perfect Buffy fashion, they do that thing where they cut to the predictably opposite thing that Buffy just said. Where Riley is not doing the patrolling thing. <laughs> not only that, they're also not exactly fine. Riley isn't even fucking there. Yeah. So, oh boy, we'll get to that in a minute. Things to unpack and repack again, if you know oh, what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so Xander, Willow, and Giles are fighting some vamps. and I, Or I should say... Getting their asses kicked by vamps. Handed back to them with a neat little bow wrapped yeah. around it. Yeah. Like, this is... Oh, look at this. This is my ass. How did you know what I wanted? This is the kind of moment where you're like, why are these vampires fighting them and not just eating them? They could have easily eaten them, but they decided they wanted to punch them instead. Because they're like, bored, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Or maybe they just weren't hungry. They, need, they needed to tenderize their meal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Beat them up so it frees all the blood out of the out of the meat. Yeah. And, you know, you can drink more, get more blood out of the... They need them to be scared and full of adrenaline so they're saltier. <laughs> I mean, we, we have no idea how experienced these vampires are. Right. They could have just popped out of their graves. I don't know. They looked like... They, they were some big women. Not like big, big, but Amazonian. Tall. Yeah. They were... They narrowly avoided some death by snoo snoo they, here. They were they were fit 
Very fit women. Definitely uh, taller and beefier than any of them. As uh, as someone who is dating a, a, a bodybuilder. <laughs> you just had to slip that one in there. <laughs> Tell us all about that, Rex. I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mr. Oppositional Disorder. Christ. You were just about to anyway. But, hey, now I know how to make I'm you... just saying I approve. <laughs> That's Excellent. It. Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> but yeah, like they're they're even bigger than Xander, and Xander's not a small dude. Neither is Giles. No, they're both no. pretty big dudes. Which Anthony Stewart Head's like what six two? They're both at least Something my height, like and I'm six two. Yeah, because yeah. he plays fucking Frankenfurter, or has played Frankenfurter, and you got to be a tall, beefy dude to play right. Frankenfurter specifically. Oh, yeah. Or what are you looking up? How tall he is? Of course. <laughs> Okay. So, while Rex is looking up Anthony Stewart Head's height, I'm just going to narrate the scene a little bit. So Willow, Xander, and Giles fuck up some vampires, uh, two of them specifically. They get pretty fucked up first, though. Uh, lots of throwing, flipping, knees to the face. Willow stakes one of the vamps from behind. Uh, the other one throws Xander, and he rolls and hits his head on a crypt wall, which is fucking concrete. It looked painful. Uh, Giles goes to help him and nearly stakes him. Um, brief minor quote of the day here. Xander says, human chest, human chest. Fun little Buffyism there. I liked it. And uh, a vampire Amazon chick comes back and pins both of them this time. And just before they both suffer a terrible, amazing death by Snoo Snoo, uh, Willow comes in and ruins their night by killing her also. <laughs> and they all limp away. Uh, Willow specifically weak need from the adrenaline rush. Everybody bemoaning Riley being a big flaky bitch and not being there. Okay, Nicholas Brendan is 5'11". Really? Anthony Stewart Head is an inch shorter than you. Really? Yeah, you are an inch taller than Anthony Stewart Head. And three inches taller than than Nicholas Brendan. Wow. So I have a slight tangent. Because we're talking about height. and it, It's probably it, all those beef hormones I grew up eating. Slight tangent, because it, it popped into my head. You know how oftentimes in films you'll have actors who are varying height, so they specifically do things to make, to change their height on screen? Oh, yeah. Like, I, you have no idea how much time Tom Cruise spends on a fucking box. Right. There is a new movie on Netflix that has uh, Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne Johnson. Um, and they they basically they're playing art thieves and it's kind of an indiana jones-esque adventure film right Mm -hmm. and there is a scene what's it called jungle cruise uh no it's uh it's called red notice oh okay it's called red notice and they're they're basically art thieves so the rock plays like an fbi guy ryan reynolds plays an art thief and there's this scene where they've caught ryan reynolds and the Rock is basically walking or doing that kind of like walking around Ryan Reynolds as he talks. And it threw me off because they are exactly the same height in this scene. Hmm. They are eye to eye, exactly the same height. Nobody's the same height as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's 6'4". Dwayne? Yes. The Rock? Ryan Reynolds is like six foot. Huh. Yeah. The Rock is quite a bit taller. At least and like it just, it really threw me off. And I'm like, like I get... That they wanted their actors to be kind of on the le- the same level because, you know, they're co-starring. Of course. And I get that. But because The Rock is supposed to be this giant of a man, because he's a giant of a man, mm-hmm. it really completely took me out of the movie. 
Because I'm like, there's no way Ryan Reynolds is remotely as tall as, as Dwayne Johnson. Well, at least he's not as... At least they're not trying to make Tom Cruise look as tall as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Right? That's... <laughs> Like he he needs three boxes, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and a phone book. <laughs> Maybe just one of the little skinny ones. But <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is at least vaguely plausible. I guess, yeah. He, I mean, he is taller than average, at least. But Dwayne Johnson is fucking huge. He's not a small man. Anyway, so they're all walking away from fighting these vampires and complaining about Riley flaking out on them. Cut to Riley. And what's Riley? Flaking out on them. Yeah. <laughs> and what could that big old douchebag be doing but getting his arm sucked? Ew. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, this. Uh, <laughs> you know, we talked a little bit about this in previous episodes of like... Wondering about the mentality of, like, getting fed on by vampires and, like, why would he do that? That's weird. Yeah. Because we had talked about, like, maybe there's some addictiveness or something to getting fed upon. But Sure. But it occurs to me, Riley is very depressed. Oh, yeah. This is self-harm. It's just self-harm behavior. Hmm. Okay. That's that's option three. I was going to say, well, because we know that everything in the show... Most things in the show are not meant to be taken literally. Right. It's an analogy for something. So my, I was going to say, what's this an analogy for? Or an allegory, whatever, same thing. Is it drugs or sex workers? Or just finding some strange, which either way is detrimental to his relationship, which is yeah. what he supposedly cares about the most here and what he's upset about. So is it is it a sex thing or a drug thing or possibly both? But self-harm... Wraps up in there, too. Definitely. Well, and the thing is, is in this sort of circumstance, if say he was going off and finding prostitutes, you know, that could be also self-harm. Uh -huh. Like, he, like there, there's a certain type of psychological behavior involved here where, like, he is causing self-harm because self-harm doesn't have to be like the, the psychological symptom of self-harm does not have to be like physically hurting yourself it could be things like purposely overdrawing your account and like fucking up your finances it could be you know depriving yourself of sleep hell it can be going too hard at the gym and like injuring yourself by by pursuing something like that like being negligent to your well-being mm. and that like that's what i see here is somebody who is he's depressed so he's being specifically in universe a way of negligent self-care absolutely so it's it's it reads to me as a type of self-harm definitely edgar what's your take on it edgar says eat more yes okay which is also a type of self-harm yes yeah overeating yeah yeah i get that i get that so there's that yeah he's getting nibbled on by vampirists and its arms all trickling blood. Opening sequence. Uh, oh wait, shit, wrong show. Wrong show. Na 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 na. Well, this guy wants effective weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z, from axe to Z other axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. Hospital. Willow brings in a bag of goodies and is characteristically awkward as per usual. She gifts Joyce a beer hat. Hello, tiny Jewish Santa. Yeah? 
Was the tiny Jewish Santa riding in the beer hat? No, riding with the beer hat. All right. Explain to me this tiny Jewish Santa or the reference and or its origin, because I barely remember anything about it from the episode. Well, she says she has a bag of goodies like Santa, except that she's tiny and a woman and Jewish. So what's the actual line then? I, I didn't write the actual line. Just later on, she, Buffy calls her a tiny Jewish Santa. Okay. <laughs> See, I didn't get that at all. Um, That's one of my quotes <laughs> of the day. We'll get to it. Because she's Jewish and she's tiny. Yeah. Okay. And she's currently Santa. Oh, jeez. It's all right. And um, so, yeah, she got. So we're, so we're not drinking a tiny Jewish Santa out of a beer hat. No. Yet. <clears throat> Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want for Christmas, little girl? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be drinking out of a beer hat. I uh, One more time. Say that. I need to hear that one more time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stranger danger. I kind of want to understand <laughs> what... What the specific train of thought that would have led Willow to bring Joyce a beer hat? <laughs> I think she was thinking that she's going to be laid up for a while and won't want to use her hands. But my first thought is she's getting brain surgery. Right. You don't want to put something weighted on her head. Now, when she first pulled it out, I saw the hard hat part of the hat without really thinking that it was a beer hat. Yeah. And then I thought, you know... There's something kind of smart to giving someone who's about to have brain surgery a hard hat. Because, like, <laughs> it protects their head. I, okay. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to be wandering through any construction zones, I hope. Well, you know, <clears throat> considering the kind of life that Buffy leads, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone walked around with, like, protective equipment at all <laughs> times in Buffy's life. That would just be smart. Like, have a handy helmet. Yeah. Just always within reach. Keep a helmet. She's simultaneously the safest and the most dangerous place to be. Yeah. She's she's not just a person. She's also a place. If I were friends with Buffy, I would literally just have a gorget, which is neck armor. It, it, it looks like a neck brace, but it's just like a, it's plate armor. Oh. Like I would just have, a, I would have a, a gorget. All the time, like always near me, all with always within reach. Oh god, there's vampires! Click. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Just also carry around an ascot. Just always wear it. And yeah, yeah. there you go. I mean, yeah, because they can definitely only bite you on the neck. Definitely. It's not that they can only bite you on the neck. It's that that's what they go for. That is the main thing that they go. So you for, wear a sure. gorget with a turtleneck. <laughs> and then they don't think about it. They go to bite, and oh, they've broken their fangs. I chipped Now they tooth. can't eat anything. Ah, uh. Victory to me. <laughs> Rex won vampires. A lot more than one. Probably. A lot Let's more than one Let's in general. But like, I'm, zero. I'm not winning that sure. fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yeah, a beer helmet for Joyce. Yeah, a, and she can put things in it besides beer, but yes. why would she, honestly? And <laughs> well, I think Joyce would put wine in it. Joyce, Joyce is a wine she's person. She's much more of a wine person. That's a good point. Um, so Joyce, of course, accepts very gracefully this gift and makes Willow feel better about her sudden onset of awkward self-consciousness, yeah. which is wonderful. It was a really wonderful Joyce moment. Because Joyce has become a good mom. Yeah. 
like she has. She really has. Just before they kill her off, they needed to make us like her. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and Willow also gets Dawn a book about spells. Yes. It is a spell book, but it does not contain spells. Correct. Uh, had a fun quote of the day from Buffy here. Uh, you got her a book on spells. The girl who can break <laughs> things by just looking at them now has a book to teach her to break things by looking at them. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I did as well. And then for Buffy, she has homework. <laughs> yeah. She pulls out homework, and then this goes to my quote of the well, day. Well, it's a world history book. Right. I don't know if she bought her the book or just brought it from her collection and said, here, use it. But but this goes to my quote of the day from this scene. Buffy says, homework? I don't believe in tiny Jewish Santa anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But no, Willow's like, no, I also got you a yo-yo. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was just watching Seinfeld, and he was in a hospital playing with a yo-yo. Maybe that's just what you do in hospitals. You play with yo-yos. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know either, but... I actually found a, my yo-yo the other day. Not a small coincidence. Um, I lost my yo-yo ages ago. I I actually own a yo-yo that cost over $100. Oh, neat. Like it, it, is a, it is a professional grade yo-yo and i know how to use it well uh, if i'm when i when i started being a security guard and i had to fucking do patrols and shit i'd fucking carry a yo-yo around with me while walking around empty buildings when i was in i want to say fourth grade uh there was a class drawing and the prize was a yo-yo a one that's specifically meant for doing tricks mm -hmm. and a vhs tape of a guy doing teaching you how to do tricks with it and uh, i felt so bad because i won it and then immediately lost the yo-yo oh oh <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember using it at all <laughs> um but i i ended up i managed to get a hold of a different yo-yo that sucked <laughs> and I still tried to learn the tricks on the tape with it, but it just wasn't working. Was it, was it a butterfly yo-yo? It was an inferior yo-yo. I don't remember. A, a butterfly yo-yo looks like uh, I, a I, sideways hourglass. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, and I don't remember. <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I, I literally don't remember holding it in my hands at all, and I have no idea how I lost it. Anyway, the, the fun... I wouldn't be surprised if like another kid stole it from me. Right. How dare he win this yo-yo? Exactly. <laughs> um, I couldn't believe I won it. Honestly. In the movie That Is Our Life, cut to somebody listening to the podcast with a yo-yo in their hand. And they just, <laughs> ah, I've got his yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> 30 years later, yeah. Because I would have been about seven. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, she gets uh, Buffy gets a yo-yo. And then we get another, uh, not really a quote of the day, but a, a startling line from Joyce here. Right, because the book that Willow gives Buffy is supposed to help her with her exam that she missed. And Buffy's like, I don't even know if I'm going to take that exam. Yeah, and Joyce is like, in a tone that is not her. Yeah. Like, good acting on this one, because it did not feel like her. It didn't, like, it sound, it was definitely good voice control. Because the whole tone, everything felt like a different person saying it. She, she she's a great actress. Yeah, definitely. she just says, "I'd rip it in half and stick it in bed with me." Yeah, had the had the editors thrown a record scratch sound effect in there, 
it would have been both appropriate and completely inappropriate all at the same time. Yeah. I would have appro- uh, I would have approved. <laughs> How could you not? It was a record scratch moment, yeah. definitely. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But it, it's actually a very somber, awkward, gut-wrenching moment cuz you can tell that Joyce is not herself and she's having some mental issues now at yeah. this point. So yeah, Buffy, Willow, and Dawn leave to get let Joyce rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tuck her back into bed and they leave the the they leave the hospital room. <laughs> you were gonna say hotel. Yeah, uh, they they leave the hospital room and this is when Buffy explains to Dawn that the tumor is pressing on a part of her brain that will make her not herself. Nutsos, as it were. Yeah, which I'm fairly certain is not the preferred nomenclature. It is not. Cuckoo! Yeah, because, sorry, Don, we all for, totally forgot to mention that to you, because you're a small child incapable of processing anything ever, unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, so much placating, Don. I, like, she's fucking 15, probably going on 16 soon. I mean, for fuck's sake, Don is the age that Buffy was at the beginning of the season series. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it just bothers me because it's people underestimate children. Yes. It's like she's at the age where she's going to be able to process these things better than she ever will be able to again. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. no reason to handle with her with kid gloves anymore. Well, and more importantly, the teenage mind to young adult mind has way more elasticity oh, yeah. than an adult mind. That's exactly what I'm saying. They will be able to deal with the traumatic experience way better as long as you just fucking talk to them. Exactly. Like they're a fully fleshed out person that exactly. they are. And yeah, there's there's a lot of like babying of Dawn in this that just irritates the fuck out of me. Yeah, ditto. That's, it, that's why it bothers me whenever parents get all up in arms about a TV show that they think is going to fuck up their kids. Right. Like, no, it's offending you because you're set in your ways and you're in your 30s and 40s, yeah. 50s, whatever. Your kid can process it just fucking fine. Oh, for fuck's sake. The, in my experiences, most kids these days are able to handle a lot more elaborate ideas and concepts than I can just on the grounds of like gender. Oh, yeah. As a 90s kid, gender can be very difficult for me to deal with sometimes. But for fuck's sake, Zoomers? Zoomers are fine. They got it. They don't struggle with it at all. Mm-hmm. They, they can completely 100% conceptualize that gender is a spectrum and they get it and they don't struggle. Like It's not a problem. We're, we're always going to have to yeah. think a little extra hard about it. Yeah. But no, my, my entire 30s, I just feel like shit has been getting more concrete it's harder to pick up new things. Yeah. I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you. Mom, I can stand in the hallway, right? My friend Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. Anyway, so uh, Dawn and Buffy and Willow are walking through the hospital and they come across a, a mental health patient who is being released whom to we, his family. Whom we recognize as the security guard from the factory. I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. That didn't even click. Well, the only reason I noticed was because 
in the previously on Buffy, oh, they showed Glory. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get that in my in the. Oh, okay, but yeah, in the first episode where Buffy fights Glory, that's the one where she sticks her hands inside his head, right, right, and sucks his life oh, essence man, or whatever. The poor guy. Yeah, it's that fucking guy. Yeah, and so he notices Dawn's non-personness, mm-hmm. and you know, because the little fraud that she is, yep, calls her on it like uh, you do says, when you when you see fraudulent teenagers running around. Calls her like a shadow, or or that there's nothing there, nobody's there, it's empty, or something like that. Fucking frauds. Buffy shuffles Dawn away and it's like oh no it's fine it's fine nothing's wrong here <laughs> everything's fine <laughs> uh ben steps in to remind us that he's in this show too uh <laughs> to give us some <laughs> exposition that the the mental ward is overflowing and they're sending crazy people home mm-hmm. i thought it was really interesting what this guard says to her because they're they keep coming up with different ways for these crazy people to look at Dawn and basically say the same thing. And this one was saying, there's no data. There's no pictures on this one. Where is the data? There's no one in there. Uh, and I guess I didn't pull up any lines to compare that to. But if you remember the guy outside the magic shop, he said something like, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. I don't know. I I really like the, the similar but different ways that they're coming up with. Yeah, it, and it's really got to be fucking with Don's head, and it obviously oh, is, yeah. as we see later in the episode. Well, it it's kind of creative to to have this changing and and the different ways that these these characters are saying the same thing. Because if you think about it, what they're saying essentially is happening is that these people's minds are damaged in a way that they're perceiving reality differently, mm-hmm. but. What they're perceiving that is Dawn is being filtered through the different ways that their brains are damaged. So their specific mental illnesses filter through how they're viewing the same thing. So they're they're able to, in different perspectives, describe the same thing. And it's kind of, it's like it's filtered through their mental illness. And that's just very fucking clever. Yeah. And if it had just been like the homeless guy and the mental ward guy, she could probably shrug it off. But she has to be absorbing subconsciously when Joyce passed out. Just before she passed out, she was like, who are you? Yeah. And then Buffy completely wigged out on her. Um, yeah. and they don't even mention that in this episode. And I really thought, like, I'll bring it up later when they have their little heart to heart. I'm surprised Dawn didn't bring that up and was like, well, even you flipped out on right. me, Buffy. Anyway. Ben arrives, gives some exposition, cut to some roof somewhere where Willow and Tara are having a romantic stargazing moment. Indeed they are. Yeah, Willow is waxing something or rather, wax on, wax off, stars. Specifically ignoring the big questions of how things are going. <laughs> Talking about the stars and about how... How they're dead by the time the light reaches us. Yep. Yeah. What big questions are you thinking of? Well, Tara asks how bad it was at the hospital, and, and Willow doesn't even fucking acknowledge the question. Did you know stars are dead by the time the light reaches us? Ha 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 Yeah. Joyce is great, though. Yeah. and uh, But Willow doesn't think the stars make her feel insignificant like apparently they're supposed to, so much as part of space or some such shite. Uh, Tara teaches Willow her own custom constellations because the real ones never made any sense to her. Which... 
this amuses me because they're witches and in like pop culture witches are always about like astrology and shit and so like she doesn't care about the fucking astrological signs because like she makes up her own and i think that's funny yeah well you know the uh i kind of agreed with her though like the regular constellations i've always been like really you're getting that from this (laughs) it's it's At less... least the Big Dipper looks like a fucking, like, ladle. Well, that's the only one that makes any sense. The other ones, it's not even a stick figure, and they're drawing, like, whole fucking Greek gods around it. Right. I'm like, come on. <laughs> anyway, um, so then a fucking meteor crashes to the Earth not too far away from them. What are the odds? Hellmouth! Hellmouth yep. odds. Yes. So pretty fucking good, Yeah, actually. Cut to ground zero. Yes, the crash site as we get a POV shot of something crawling out of the the hole. And then in the distance, we see that same crazy guy uh, walking through the woods. Apparently, his family did not do a very good job of keeping an eye on him. I was just going to say, because they did such a great (laughs) job of making sure he was staying where he needs to. (laughs) And I do like that they had Ben actually say, oh, they're they're not equipped to take care of these people. (laughs) <laughs> example a perfect they probably just released him into the woods and said could he'll you, be okay in the wild could you imagine being that family though like taking your mentally ill father brother uncle home and like you have to try and care for him failing to do it effectively and he wanders off and then you find out he's dead i bet you they're gonna feel pretty shitty tomorrow huh yeah like that sounds <laughs> fucking awful yeah well, I mean, he didn't have much of a chance after getting attacked by Glory, so right, it's, right. it was really better for him in the long run, I guess. So, yeah. Um, so we see this weird, screechy, blackish creature jump on the back of this guy's Do you remember Glowworms? Back. Um, the toy? Only because it's featured in Big Mouth as um, what one of the characters uses to learn how to masturbate. Because uh, they vibrate. I don't, I don't, did not remember that they vibrated. Maybe I'm thinking of a different toy. I, I have an image for you. <laughs> like, just cause I want you to know what we're, what I'm talking about here. Glowworm. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. They definitely vibrate. Th- this is a demonic glowworm. <laughs> yeah, basically. It, it is a slug light thing with two arms and a head. And the moment... I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, it's a demonic glowworm. And it just kind of like made me laugh every time I saw it on screen. Yeah, don't stick that between your legs. <laughs> no, thank you. Not with all those teeth. Eh, 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 <laughs> um, don't use your teeth unless they ask nicely. So yeah, we don't know what it does to them. And then we cut to the hospital where Screechy Thing apparently hitched a ride. And I thought it was, like, the ambulance found him and somebody had called an ambulance and brought the guy to the hospital. We find out later that is not the case. Either way. It um, it was just following the trail of the crazy people. Yeah, so uh, Demon Glowworm. (laughs) I abbreviated it as DGW in my notes. Okay. DGW. I called it Space Lamb the whole time. Space Lamb. That, you know, that fits. Which hasn't come up yet, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> I'd like Demon Glowworm better. So now it's at the hospital and it's crawling through the, s- through the hospital on the ceiling like a yeah. fucking nightmare. 
and uh, Joyce begs to go home. The doctor agrees to it, but only provided that Buffy agrees to commit to taking care of her constantly for the next day and yep. a half, which she's more than willing to do. She was pretty much going to do that oh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, she wasn't going to fucking leave. Yeah, they weren't even going to go home and sleep that night. And I'm like, really? You're going to sleep in those chairs? Ew. Ugh. You're going to have such I've, a crick in your neck. I've done that before. It's rough. Yeah. And I'm like, Joyce is just going to be sleeping. Just fucking go home and sleep. Whatever. Anyway, doctor's like, all right, but I have to teach you how to do the medications. I'm like, how do they not already know that? Whatever. Anyway, shot of the ceiling alien heading towards Dawn. Yeah. What are the odds? Of course. Dawn's in trouble. Must be Tuesday. <laughs> Exactly. Cut back to the woods. Yeah, where the Scoobies and Riley... Hey, Riley showed up! They're searching the woods for the meteor, and Riley's getting very much deserved snark from Xander. Yeah, much deserved. Welcome to the party, Riley. And uh, he acts all nonchalant about missing their last rendezvous, but neglects to mention that it's because he was getting his arm sucked. Mmm, like fucking perv. Because Buffy just won't give him what he needs anymore. Apparently. A good, hard blood sucking. <laughs> She's so selfish. Uh, they find the crash site very quickly. Um, discover the meteor is hollow. And I'm sorry, I like a meteor that size falling from space mm -hmm. would make... Uh, a much bigger hole. Slightly bigger crater. <laughs> a much, much bigger crater. And also, if it were hollow, it would have fucking shattered on impact. Yes. Seems like. But we've got the whole crew there. we got Willow, Tara, Xander, Anya, Giles, and Riley. And uh, they they decipher that it is not hot and therefore apparently not radioactive. Oh, yeah, thank God. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> right? That's exactly how that works. Yeah. Uh, thank God, because... That gives Xander an opportunity to jump back at the mere mention of it maybe being radioactive, and he doesn't want to lose his ability to have children. I'm like, um, I think you need to stand a little closer, Xander. <laughs> yeah. Do humanity a favor. Just go hump the big hole in the in the meteor there, buddy. <laughs> Just because you're sterile doesn't mean you can't have sex, right? Yeah. I don't think that's what that means at all. I mean, I, I'm working on doing that medically, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to disappoint Anya. We want Anya to be happy. Yeah, that's all we care about. Fuck you, Xander. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they determine uh, that it's hollow. We already said that. Yep. Something slithered uh, slithered out of it or frisked about like a fluffy lamb. Uh, not too far away, obviously, is a dead mental guy. Uh, is is the dead mental guard guy. Yep. Riley sticks a pen in his mouth to find some nasty goop. And discovers that it smells bad. I feel like you're not going to be happy with anything you find in a dead man's mouth. Right? Ever. Like, And it's, and it's not going to smell good. You you went looking. <laughs> you went look. It's on you. You looked. That's on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's a clue, definitely. Yeah. Okay, it's a little more viscous than a dead man's mouth goo should be. Yeah, a little bit. Probably. I wouldn't know. I've never really looked. And, you know, the group all understands that they can't call Buffy. They need to figure this out. And it comes to uh, one of my quotes of the day here. As uh, Giles is looking off into the woods, he says, Perhaps we should explore a bit more? Head into the woods a bit? Long pause. Xander says, Who votes research? Everyone 
joins in. Oh yeah, research much better. Research definitely. (laughs) Research, love research, definitely. (laughs) I loved how Anya poignantly points out that they work alien cases all the time. Yeah, not. (laughs) But no, sure. Let's all specialize in that now. Hey, why not? I got to change shit up sometimes. Yeah, and so the the Scoobies all decide they're going to go do some research, but Riley's going to stay behind. He's not good at the reading thing. Yeah. So he's going to investigate. He's so suspicious now, though. Yeah. And uh, he decides to hang back all by himself and just soak in the crime scene. Mmm, love a good crime scene with stinky dead guy mouth goo all alone in the woods. Barely waiting for the Scoobies to fucking be out of earshot, he calls it in. Yeah, to the initiative, which, I mean, I guess I don't really understand. Would they have been upset about that? I I think he's he's just holding it off because he doesn't want them to be concerned about government involvement. Because he's not necessarily just like the initiative, he's just bringing in the government, period. Uh, It sounded like it was specifically the initiative to me, because he knows one of the guys. Yeah, Graham. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they barely even question his ludicrously suspicious decision to stay back by himself. (laughs) I think maybe. I think maybe. They're just like, you know what? If you want to stay out here and die, we don't have to deal with you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And he's on the phone, and he can't even barely not refer to himself as Agent Finn. He has to stop himself. You know, I don't remember how he leaves the show, but I'm getting the feeling he's going back into his army boy shit. Yeah. That's, that was his thing. And now his new thing was supposed to be Buffy, but that feels like it's falling through to him anyway. Right. So I, that's that's where they're going with that, it seems to me. There's a great deal of myth about Dragon. Imagine the trick to defeating him lies in separating the fact from the fiction. What kind of an unholy creature advances cheap? I think the part about all of this with Riley, especially with this episode, that pisses me off the most, and like this, this is really getting to why I I fully fucking understand why people fucking hate Riley. Riley is like going on and on about, woe is me, I'm so sad, I don't have all the attention I need from my girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and it's like, bitch... Her mom has a fucking brain tumor. Yeah. Her mom is very ill. There's family shit going on. Like, I'm sorry, but you're going on the fucking back burner. That's what you're supposed to do. Be on the back burner. Be emotional support. Your feelings don't matter right now. And he is just being a whiny, whiny bitch about it. He really is. And, you know, I mean... Yeah, he does need to take care of his himself and his own needs in the meantime, but maybe you shouldn't rely on your fucking girlfriend for all of your emotional support. Yeah, get a hobby. Go play some hockey or something. I don't know. Find a friend <laughs> that isn't a vampire who's going to drink the blood out of you, maybe. Yeah. Xander's there. Xander's a good time. Yeah. Why not? He, like, Xander and him have had some good moments. Be buddy buddy like go fucking play basketball or some shit together i think he'd even have fun getting drunk with spike spike needs a friend yeah it might be a little awkward but they'd have a good time that's healthy definitely (laughs) that wouldn't go really south really quickly (laughs) at all okay so back in the mental ward of the hospital yep 
there's a nurse hooking up a mental patient to his bed and putting him to bed for the night. And uh, she walks away, much to his uh, protestation. Protest? Discontent? Discontent. <laughs> now is the winter of his discontent, <laughs> yes. Uh, or the spring of his... He has much discontent. Yes. And she leaves, and he promptly dies very grossly. You know, they, they really try hard to make this bad guy scary and it's just so fucking ludicrously dumb to me and it's kind of creepy how i can't really tell what the fuck's going on with his body at first and right it's like he's got no feet he's just kind of front legs pulling himself around and And they they called it slug like but the look of it kind of has like an anthropod sort of like roly-poly back look a little bit yeah it's just it no, glowworm though. You nailed it. It's yeah. just a gross glowworm. It, it, it's, it's a glowworm. glowworm. It's somebody just... dropped a glowworm into a vat of oil. Yeah. <laughs> and gave it those circular teeth. Blah. And uh, <laughs> so so this guy dies with some nice stinky clear mucusy goop in his face. Yeah. Uh, the nurse hears shit going on. Death she doesn't by care. Snot. Death hmm? by snot. Death by snot, yeah. This nurse doesn't give a shit. She knows what's happening. <laughs> She's got cameras. No, her, her she whole... She did it on purpose. She summoned the thing. Her whole look is, oh, God, finally, he's fucking quiet. <laughs> wow. It is. The, like, that's the look on her face. <laughs> that's about how high my opinion of the healthcare system is. <laughs> I get they're overworked. Not blaming her, um, but somebody's got to be held financially responsible. You can't responsible. really blame the individuals, but you can blame the system. She's just dead inside, and yeah. I do bl- I do blame the system for that, yeah. Because now he's dead on the inside and the outside. Yep, and then from there we cut to the doctor discharging Joyce and being like, Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. He, and they're like, yeah, fucking, we're leaving. Bye, yeah, we're gone. Yeah, they're fucking sure. <laughs> oh my god. Why are you even... <laughs> balking about it anymore um joyce says some weird shit we see yep. space lamb peek around an archway from the ceiling if you were sitting if you were in a hallway and like there was something crawling around on the ceiling like you'd see it yeah like you'd catch movement out of the corner of your eye and you'd look people are specifically like, good at catching movement yeah that's like, what we evolved to do and it's not like the fucking ceiling is so dark that it, there are big shadows for it to hide in. No. It's like, very well lit. You would fucking see that. At the very least, being a cat owner, I see movement out of the corner of my eye. My brain immediately goes, oh, it's a cat. And then I turn and look and, you know, it's, you know, it might be a cat. Who knows? I saw, but like, <laughs> I saw a meme about that. Uh, it said, uh, normal homeowners... Here's a strange noise at night. <gasps> Honey, there's somebody in the house. <laughs> or, oh my god, the house is haunted. And next frame, cat owners. Here's a noise at night. Shut up and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. I don't know. So, like, more than likely, if I were sitting in that fucking hospital hallway, I would fucking see that shit move and be like, oh, it's a cat. Oh my god, it's not what a cat. What the fuck is that? <laughs> that is not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a cat. It, it was unadoptable, so it lives here now. Oh, God. <laughs> that is... Ooh. 
another side tangent. I have a very heartwarming story for you from TikTok. Oh, Jesus. I'm following this TikTok of a woman who fosters cats. Mm-hmm. And uh, it starts off with this this cat who's like 10 years old and has lived with one owner their entire life. And the cat is like growling and hissing and like hiding and the caption is explaining that the cat isn't upset or mean it's just scared and over a series of videos this this woman who just is amazing at fostering animals just from what you what you see slowly war- gets this cat comfortable and like warms up to her and it's like periodically the cat will hiss still but like you know just sitting down near the cat and just you know letting the cat be comfortable near you and like just slowly gets this cat to like calm and open up and like find home again and it's like it's it's the most fucking heartwarming thing ever man well that's fucking special it is it's very fucking special it's very very nice Uh, so yeah back to less heartwarming things yes uh creepy face slam demon glow worm yes off in the distance the doctor's telling them he specifically tells Joyce to take her girls home, and I'm like, oh, God, I hope she's not driving. <laughs> no shit, This right? is one scenario where I hope Buffy is driving. <laughs> shit. Boy, you never thought you'd say that. Shit, give the keys to Dawn. I don't care. <laughs> it's got to be safer than both both <laughs> Joyce or Buffy. Right? She'll be fine. <laughs> she's basically a celestial body. Right? <laughs> she can handle it. <laughs> Uh, they keep underestimating her. Anyway, cut back to the Summer's house. Yep. They get home and uh, the lights Where are... Where their very dark house is way too bright. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. It didn't look like there were that many <laughs> no. lights on, but the lights are hurting Joyce's eyes. So they shut all of them off and Joyce goes upstairs and goes to bed. We see the last light upstairs go out and it's a it's very... super ominous. It's a very ominous, eerie moment. I actually had to go back and, and rewatch that little bit, like, frame by frame, just seeing if, like, was there anything, like, actually happening in the frame that, that warranted the ominous music? And no, there's nothing. It's just like, you know what, guys? Let's make this light turning off very ominous. Well... I mean, we. However, we can piece together that Space Lamb is almost certainly hitching a ride on the bottom yeah. of their car. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely some Space Lamb demon glowworm fuckery about to go down. Uh, cut to the most expensive shot in the entire fucking episode. Yeah, because they didn't have <laughs> consumer grade drones back then. Right. So, very good big wide shot of the fucking wilderness as a fucking helicopter comes in from the top of the frame. Well, I'm sure it was an actual helicopter shot, because they had an actual helicopter for the episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, like, it's still definitely the most expensive shot in the entire episode. Right. Yeah. Helicopter flies in, bunch of soldier boys come on out, and uh, Riley's explaining everything going on. Army, 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 blah, blah, blah. Uh, This is dead dude, don't touch the mucus, it's gross. I think we can track it with a Geiger counter, for some reason. It's, It's radioactive. Well, they they... Actually, is actually good information. If something came from space, it would be radioactive. It, At the very least, it would have cosmic radiation that had affected it, and it would give off gamma radiation. Yeah. Like, very probably small fucking amounts, but, like, it would give off trackable radiation. So Genius! You wouldn't be able to use a fucking Geiger counter to find it, but, like, you could track that radiation. 
Well, maybe it was specialized, or maybe they modded it. Maybe I guess. they're maybe they're <laughs> geniuses working for the government. Okay. <laughs> so cut back to the Summers house where Buffy and Don are sitting on the couch, presumably watching TV. I don't yeah. know. Well, falling asleep watching TV is what they're doing. Well, didn't, Don's out cold. Buffy's not. I didn't hear any TV, but it kind of looked was like light. there was light from what. what okay, like. it kind of looked like they were just sitting and staring at nothing. But whatever. <laughs> they probably were. The TV just happened to be on. Right. So we get this convex. No, they were probably watching MASH. That's an easy one to binge. Anyway, <laughs> there's this convex lens POV shot from the ceiling, which they've established that's yep. Demon Glowworm. And yep, Demon Glowworm is in the house. It's, it's in the house. It's in the house. <laughs> the call is coming from the house. Specifically on the ceiling. When did we install yeah. a phone on the ceiling? I don't know. <laughs> and it's specifically watching Joyce come down the stairs and go into the kitchen. And, you know, making breakfast in the middle of the night. Like right? sometimes you do. She's putting some shit on the stove and turns the burner on. And I'm betting it was probably something that's not supposed to be on the stove. Because immediately Buffy and Dawn hear some sizzling noises and yeah. run to the kitchen. They're like, what the fuck is going on? Joyce is like, I'm making waffles, fatty. <laughs> no, that's almost like, that's pretty much what she says. Basically. She's, I'm making breakfast and then says to Buffy, you don't need any. You're too fat. Right. <laughs> Rude. I Personally, I'd have been like, well, mom's tumor's making waffles. I say let it be. We'll teach you to have manners afterwards. <laughs> I want some fucking waffles. <laughs> we got a free waffle maker out of this, guys. <laughs> but no, instead no. of free waffles, they put her back to bed, and then Joyce freaks out on Dawn. Yep. Notices Dawn's non-personness. Don't touch me, you thing. Get away from me. You're nothing. You're a shadow. I don't know what you are or how you got here. <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing here? Who am I? I don't know. And uh, Buffy uh, shoes Dawn to her room, calms Joyce down, gets her out. Yeah, Buffy does some damn good sistering here. Yeah. And tells Dawn that crazy people just think they're the only thing that's real. And that's actually, frankly, a fairly plausible explanation. Yeah. And for once, I kind of agree. I might agree with Buffy's decision to not tell Dawn the truth at this very moment. Right. Like, Dawn is dealing with a lot of fucking, like, fear and anxiety and everything revolving around her mom's tumor. Now might not be the best time to say, hey, guess what? You're not really real. You're not really a person. <laughs> you were put here by some monks in a magic spell, and you didn't exist a few months before now. Surprise! Sorry. <laughs> Want some cake? I'm sorry they didn't make you better at math. <laughs> you want some tumor waffles? That'll make you feel better. <laughs> I imagine that Don's like first response to learning that, and I'd like to like if later on if we when Don learns that she's the key, I, I'm I'm hoping that it comes across as something like this. Like I imagine Don being a little bit miffed that the monks didn't like make her better at things like, you know, give her some sort of like special talent or something or like just make her a better student or make school easier. Or I'm surprised like that. she should be godlike. And why does she age? She shouldn't age. Well, because the monks wanted her to make her a real person. Yeah. To better hide. All right. What happens when she dies? 
she probably turns back into the key. Okay. That's what I would I would assume. Huh. And, you know, hopefully by then Glory is destroyed and they don't have to worry about that. And hopefully she's Buddhist so she can just be reborn again. Yeah. Perfect. Got but it all yeah, planned no, out. Like, it it makes perfect fucking sense that now is not the fucking time to tell your little sister she's make-believe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> This next part gets a little too personal because I'm told I have drama issues. But I'm her. I am great. I am beautiful. I am lucky to you. All eyes turn to me because my name is a holy name. You will listen. Doopa doop bop bow. Cut to a library. Yeah. I honestly thought they were going to go back to the magic shop. Yeah. And no, library. And this scene can pretty well be summed up with one line. From Xander, meteor go boom, crazy guys go bye-bye. Yeah. Or crazy guy goes bye-bye, whatever. There, there is a good line here, though. Tandem quote of the day here. Yeah. I got Xander's line. Okay. I still don't get why we had to come here to get info about a killer snot monster. And Giles replies with, because it's a killer snot monster from outer space. I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> He's so disgusted with himself. <laughs> Damn it. It's like I'm in some sort of... TV show. I did kind of like the the opening lines of this scene. I kind of liked what Xander was talking about because he was like, you know, Mercury is such a tiny planet and Saturn is such a big planet. But the cars named after those planets are the opposite. <laughs> Mercury cars are all big cars and Saturn's are all small cars. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I wasn't actually paying attention. I noticed that he compared them to cars. I thought it was a make Xander look stupid moment, and I didn't go back to re-listen to it. I mean, it was. <laughs> but he was actually talking about something that, like, it's kind of humorous. No, that Not is, the time. That is kind of funny, though. Uh, they have discovered that it is not an invasion. They bring up the, the Tunguska Blast, which is not what it's actually called. It's the Tunguska Event, which was a... They in the show, Willow mentions that witnesses say the the meteor was hollow. I just want to correct the misinformation that the, this fucking show is is producing of a, a, a real event. The Tunguska event was a major meteor strike in 1908. A 12 megaton explosion hmm. because a meteor had come down come down through the atmosphere and then exploded before it hit the ground so there was no actual crater or anything no Im it technically was an impact but there wasn't actually like an impact with ground but it specifically l flattened an entire area of 830 square miles of forest wow just fucking flattened 80 million trees just and the because it was in 1908 and it happened in the middle of fucking nowhere, Russia, only like three people died. But <laughs> like, yeah, that was. Do you remember uh, relatively recently there was that meteor that came down and blew up in the atmosphere and it like got caught on a bunch of fucking dash cams and shit? No. You don't remember that? No. Oh, when the fuck was that? I think 2013. Now, so no, that's no, it's it's really neat that this is based on a. Yeah, at least in part on a real event. I, that's really cool how they worked that in. I did not. I wouldn't have even thought to check on that. Yeah, 2013. There was a meteor that it was similar to the Tanguska event, 
where it blew up in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. But it was a much smaller meteor and blew up much higher in the atmosphere. But it it happened also in Russia. And since Russia, the roads are, like, really bad and it's, like, notorious for people are terrible drivers and do stupid shit on the roads. Like apparently everyone has dash cams. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the most well covered meteor strikes in the entirety of human history. Oh neat. Because we have fuck tons of dash cam videos of this meteor coming through the atmosphere and exploding. I, what I heard is that the reason they all have dash cams is to keep the police accountable because Oh, I'm sure it's that. They too. will they will fuck with you and if you don't have proof you can get really really hardcore fucked about the, things. And that might that might also be the case. Which not a terrible reason to get dash cams here, frankly. No, I uh, I have plans to have one on my car when I can when I can afford it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind picking one up either. Um uh, but no, it like my favorite part about that meteor because we have all that coverage, they actually have uh done a 3D rendering of the meteor explosion because oh. they have so many different views and angles and yeah. shit. Yeah. Nice. I'll send you some fucking shit later. It, it's fantastic. Yeah, but, we should post that shit on the, the Facebook page or yeah. something. Uh, but my point is is they they use a real world event and kind of tie it in even though they talk about like having found the meteor in the Tunguska blast and that did not actually happen. Right. So how they tie it into the episode is uh Willow found some similar instances of a meteorite event a while back using the word quell, uh, but with no indication of why, which correlated to a line in Xander's book uh, where he reads the line, Primitive people used to believe that the moon was a cause of insanity. Sometimes they would pray to the moon to send a special meteor to fix the problem the moon had caused. These meteors were expected to quell the madmen. Yep, so they have dubbed this the Queller Demon, who is a demon who gets summoned because it eats crazy people. Correct. So Willow calls up Riley, who's already pieced together the crazy people part uh, because he went straight to the mental ward because he recognized that guy as a mental patient and finds that five mental patients are dead at the hospital, all with the same MO as the other crazy guy in the woods. Oh, yeah, yeah. Willow's because con- Willow's concerned about Joyce, but Riley's like, no, no, they left. They were discharged already. Right. OK, yeah. So Willow's uh, concerned about Joyce not being safe with the demon being at the hospital. Riley's like, oh, they- no, they went home and it's fine. No problem. And uh, also, I mean, uh, pff, she's not crazy. OK, she's she's having some episodes because of the tumor in her head, but she's not. I mean... The same kind of crazy as all these guys. How does the Queller Demon detect whether they're crazy or not? I guess I have no idea. It could all be completely superficial. Yeah, you never know. Cut to uh, the summer home, and Joyce is crazy. (laughs) She's a little... But also, not. A a little crazier than she was, definitely. Not doing so hot. She's saying some uh, very concerning things to the ceiling, specifically. Yes. About... Looking at her. Gasoline pothole eyes. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like when your cat stares at the wall a little <laughs> too long. Hey, how are them ghosts doing over there, buddy? And Dawn, poor Dawn, is, can hear everything from her bedroom. Yep. She's laying in bed and hears all of the psychotic babbling, which I can tell you from personal experience is traumatizing. Fuck, dude. My neighbors who argue and, and fight and shit. That's hard to fucking listen to. Well, I'm specifically psychotic babbling coming from 
a parental figure. Ooh. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Not going to go too deep I into that. that. Um, but uh, so Buffy is breaking down while doing dishes and listening to some <laughs> very redundant salsa music. Yes. Some uh, salsa music dishes and a side order of mental breakdown. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how strong you are, your shoulders can only carry so much. Mm-hmm. She's definitely holding back the tears a little too long. As Having... We, as we could even tell at the end of last episode. Yeah. Where Riley's like, oh, let it all out. And she almost does. But then it's like, nope, can't do it. As as somebody who has had to be the strong shoulder in the family during hard times, yeah, you can only take so fucking much of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her being the Slayer does not help with that. No. If anything, it probably makes her feel extra powerless. And going to college for some reason. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, so, slow pullback reveal that Fluffy Space Lamb is on Joyce's ceiling. Yep. Literally made me shudder. Yeah. I was like, um, for anybody that's seen Supernatural, I had a, it took me a long time to get the image of Sam's mom on the ceiling when she's possessed by a demon. And you know what I'm talking about. First couple episodes, they show that fucking scene over and over again in all of the Hell, bu- I actually know what you're talking about because I've seen the first <laughs> season. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I didn't realize you'd seen the first season. Yeah. And then I saw the first season and part of the second season, and then just kind of lost interest. Yeah, just when that blood drips on his face, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> oh, oh, but that time it was his girlfriend. Anyway. Uh, cut back to the hospital, uh, where they're tracking the demon via the Geiger counters to the parking lot, and it suddenly disappears. Oh, no, he's lost track. Oh, it must have gotten a car and drove away. According to Riley, it definitely must have hitched a ride on a car, and... Oh, God, it must have been Joyce. She's definitely the only mental patient that could have possibly checked out of the hospital today. Never mind that they're literally clearing out the overflow of the actual mental ward, which Joyce was not in. Right. And Joyce is technically a brain tumor patient, which I'm sure there's some sort of fancy technical word for. Yes. But, you know, I'm no doctor. Noted. (laughs) I bet you didn't know that, did you? (laughs) Well, I, I had a strong suspicion. This may come as a surprise to you all. <laughs> that I'm no doctor. <laughs> but I like to play one on in a bedroom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cut back to Joyce's room. Do you give inadequate service and then overcharge them? You bet your ass I do. <laughs> Gotta keep it realistic. <laughs> That's what keeps them coming back. <laughs> Inadequate service. <laughs> and uh, Demon Glowworm makes it uh, makes its move and it vomits its delicious mucus goop all over her yeah. face. Mm, yummy. Yum. <laughs> nummy. <laughs> I bet they used huh? I, I bet they used paraffin wax for that. Remember? Nummy? Nummy. fucking what's his name wesley okay dawn hears some shit and checks on her and does some good quick thinking yeah she uh grabs her coat rack and whacks it off giggity no but really she gets the demon off of joyce oh it's even better than just that because she knocks it off joyce basically causing it to attack her specifically does not sexually pleasure it in any way no 
it attacks her. She lures it out into the fucking hallway. She goes into a room, closes the door, goes back through another door, back into Joyce's room, closes that door, and then closes the initial door that they went out of. And so basically barricading her and Joyce in the room. Like, that's some fucking good thinking there. Yeah, that was quick. I, I didn't quite catch all of what she did with the do- with the door work, but I could tell it was probably smart. Yeah, um, very, very much so. And, uh, very nice. <laughs> and uh, Buffy is still in the kitchen and crying and listening to music and can't yep. hear their cries for help. And the lovely pitter-patter of slithery, gooey, fluffy space lamb demons... Okay, just the one, but still. <laughs> Wouldn't it be lovely to have a whole family? Fuck, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I mean, we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> no, we're gonna uh, finally, though, uh, Don op- cracks open Joyce's door and gives the much-needed Buffy yell for help. Yeah, she screams, Buffy, who finally hears some shit going on. And luckily, she actually believes Dawn when she tells her something is after mom. Not that it would have mattered much had she not believed her because it immediately falls on her from the ceiling. And they tumble down the stairs together like star-crossed lovers on a serendipitous and offbeat date where everything went so wrong that it couldn't have gone more right. Ew. Fuck, no, really, what's wrong with me, Rex? I mean, again, (laughs) we really don't have that kind of time. We probably don't. Fuck. So it scurries off. We're getting really near the end of the episode. Like, we really don't. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a bonus episode. (laughs) It scurries away, and now... Two-hour episode of just (laughs) listing the shit that's wrong with Josh in monotone voice. (laughs) Just a list. (laughs) I, I don't even get to throw in... Until no. the list is over. That's two mi- two hours and one minute right there. At the end, there will be about a five-minute period where you just get to agree or disagree. <laughs> and the answer is yes. <laughs> so, so now Buffy is slowly wandering around looking for this slithery goddamn demon glowworm that just ran off. And uh, Spike pops. Hi, Spike. What the fuck are you doing here? Spike. 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 The writers just wanted us to remember that he's in this show too. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I I still uh, I, I'm here. I'm on the show. <laughs> Stealing pictures. <laughs> yeah. Specifically. <laughs> and it's I mean it's a delightful surprise compared to that nasty ass grub looking thingy. Yes. Um, and he acts like he heard a noise and was just passing by, but since he's coming from the basement, that doesn't really hold water. And he quickly admits that he was stealing shit from her junk-filled basement giggity. Which, you know, that's actually, like, a decent lie. Like, he needs junk for his, like, his hole in the ground. Right. And so she's like, wait, you were stealing? Well, yeah. I can't exactly work the counter at Burger Barn, can I? And... Just as she catches him pocketing pictures of her. Yep. His ass ass is saved by an alien slug. Yeah. What? An alien slug. His ass is saved? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As it leaps onto him. Well, he doesn't have to account for the pictures now, does he? And also, it can't suffocate him to death because he doesn't need air. Exactly. So there it is. He's fine. He's also not crazy. Uh, It's not... 
He's just a fun amount of crazy. He's not psychotic. Uh, yeah. 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 Um. So, do, 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 yeah, because it leaps at Spike, knocks him over. It's flailing around in its tail, knocks the kitchen knife out of Buffy's hand, and then it looks up from Spike and leaps at her. Uh, she wrestles with it for a second. Spike tosses her the knife, and uh, she stabs it. She goes all stabby-stabby, while its gross face hovers tantalizingly over hers. Oh, yeah, we get a close-up of its face, and it's way too many teeth. God, it's it's just ready to spill its ooey-gooey goodness all over her face orifices at any possible orgasmic moment. But alas, the moment never comes to pass. You know what it looked like? Our friend's tooth fairy costume from this last Halloween. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, viewers, we, we have a friend who's into some uh, eclectic things uh, and recently got into the hobby of uh, doing effects makeup. And for Halloween, he wanted to be the tooth fairy. <laughs> but, you know, the scary version. And the tooth fairy was just a, a face of teeth. And so take the mouth of this demon and put that on someone's face and, you know, dressed like a fairy. And that was our friend's Halloween costume. They won a contest. Yeah, first place. Because it was terrifying. Pretty, It was pretty neat. Um, And I, I approved. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, yeah, get that ooey gooey toothy goodness all over oh me. God. No, I, I think I need help, guys. So. Yeah. The, the problem is I've sought help, and I think it's it's not doing much. <laughs> Fuck me in the face with a space grub. <laughs> or don't. Riley Buston. I, hmm? I vote against such things. <laughs> uh, fucking me in things the face. Things that make you go blah. blah. <laughs> all right, all right. Fucking me in the face with a space grub. Optional. Um, there's. <laughs> and I opt out. I would like unsubscribe from that mailing list, please. Well, you're no fun. <laughs> Riley bursts in with the cavalry and the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Riley asks her if she's okay. Buffy, I mean, and Spike gives him the nice timing asshole kind of look. And uh, Buffy runs upstairs to check on Joyce and Dawn, who are fine. Yep. Fucking whiners. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and Riley's expression when Buffy, like, runs off to check on her mom and sister is, like, he, he looks so hurt that he, he doesn't get to comfort Buffy. And it, <laughs> it just kind of p plays into that, this is not fucking about you. Right. Well, he busts in and she's like, oh, it's you. All right. I have to go upstairs. <laughs> yeah. I will always be here for you and you've got mr giles and your friends believe me there's nothing to be afraid of. uh cut to the hospital correct uh as we see ben is leaving work and he gets into the car and glory's minion is in the back seat I was going to call him a manservant, but yeah, it's Dreg. Yeah, Dreg. Not happy with Ben. Apparently, Ben is the one who summoned the Queller Demon. Yeah, it doesn't seem to surprise Ben at all that Dreg is in his backseat, and it really just kind of annoys him, it seems. Yeah. And Dreg's like, oh, what the fuck do you think you're doing summoning Queller Demons? 
Ben proclaims it is to clean up Glory's mess like he's done his entire life. Dun, dun, dun. The plot thickens. Like a bacon snot sandwich on flatbread in a room temperature easy bake oven. No, really help. I need help. This is a cry for help. One of the things I like about this is (laughs) this scene kind of implies that all the times in history when there was like a rise in crazy people and the Queller Demon came to like eat all the crazy people were times when glory was there. Hmm. So those were times when glory was there. And then Ben called the Queller demon. Then I was going to say evolution, survival of the fittest, but you know, that's much more plausible, but yeah, this also implies that Ben is as immortal as glory. There's no help for me. Is there? No. All right. Just checking. Um, yeah. Uh, you honestly, you should just quit asking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Ben drives away, leaving Dreg looking stupid and just standing there in the parking lot, not having a car to drive off in. To be fair, have you seen him? It's very easy to make him look stupid. It's not difficult. He does it to himself all the time. (laughs) (laughs) He could have been all dramatically angry like Ben, but no. Cut to a day and a half later, the day of the surgery. Yep. Next day or two days later, whatever... Day and a half, you said yeah. that. Uh, who the fuck knows? Anyway, Joyce is being prepped for surgery. She has a chat with Buffy where she recalls realizing that Don is not her daughter. And fucking so happy that Buffy owns up to it and is just fucking honest about what's going on. Yes. Well, her mom's about to go into surgery and there's a real possibility she could just die. Right. From this brain surgery. And she doesn't want her last moment to be one where she lied to her. Also, though, my favorite part about this scene is like after Joyce is like gets this information and realizes this this information is correct. Her immediate response is the same as what Buffy's response was. Yeah. We have to fucking protect her. I don't care. She's family. Who cares if she isn't, like, actually family, but she is now, She still feels like my daughter. Yeah. And obviously she's important to the world as well. Yep. So, and she really steps up to the plate and handles that call to duty. I tell you what, fantastic, Dude, those monks had the right fucking idea. They did. They really did. They're like, you know what? Let's give this person to the people who will really fucking give a shit. Definitely. I mean, but maybe won't tell Dawn important things she needs to know. Sorry, Joyce. I think Buffy's a couple steps ahead of you, but it's still a goddamn nice sentiment. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. all super heart cockily warming. And uh, I think maybe perhaps this scene is doing some hardcore prepping for Joyce to kick off in a few episodes. But I think she's going to be fine. Yeah, she's definitely going to be gonna just be fine. fine. It's clearly obvious and a super operable. It's definitely an operable tumor. <laughs> they leave it on her leaving, heading into surgery. And let me tell you, I am grateful that I was not watching this fucking show <laughs> as it aired because they leave it on a fucking cliffhanger. They leave it on a cliffhanger. You don't know if Joyce is going to survive. Nope. No, sir. We Bob. know that because we know she dies later. But like. What? Ugh. Shit. Oh my god! How could you tell me that? I had no... Oh, Joyce! Uh, I thought she was gonna be okay! Alright, are you just gonna let me pretend? Yeah. All night? Yeah. Alright, Gerarg. Gerarg. 
this from me. I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, in the give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something here, huh? What did you think about this episode? Well, you know, fucking doodle do, bro. I thought this was one of the dumbest looking bat, like monsters of the week ever. Um, I mean, the the teeth sufficiently creeped me out. Yeah, I I really hate gross things. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, I don't I don't care what that is in real life. I don't want to see it in this context. Fucking you. Okay, well, yeah, monster of the week, but we did get some decent plot. We learned, uh, we learned who Ben is and why he keeps showing up, or we at least got hints that something's up with Ben. Like we haven't, we haven't learned who he is, right? But we know he's involved with Glory and yeah. not just a hospital employee. That's yeah. a huge step. Yeah, um, definitely making huge downswings with Riley. Yup. Um, some great family bonding with. Uh, Don and Joyce and Buffy. And a little bit of good bonding between Willow and Tara. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, reinforcing reinforcing the, the situation with Don and Buffy and, and Joyce, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not a whole lot of main plot, but it's definitely, they're just, they're just taking their time and yeah. um, working in some monsters along the way, and I approve. And I, I didn't hate the episode. There were some very, very good moments. Like, especially the last scene with Joyce and Buffy yeah. was, oh, that was so fucking good. And the scene where she's, where she does, where she deserves the fucking best sister of the year award. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. Um, but outside of those scenes, uh, this, this episode just didn't have enough for me. Yeah. The monster was fucking dumb. The monster was dumb. I... I could tell very early on this was going to be an easy episode to take notes for. Yeah, and honestly, uh, to go on to the next thing, like, quote of the day is hard. (laughs) There's not a lot of funny in this episode. No, not really. And what, quote, humor there is, it kind of lands flat. Yeah, nothing really made me laugh out loud in this episode. Well, what's your quote of the day, Rex? Uh... I'm going to have to go with the the Giles uh, Xander co-quote here of Giles saying perhaps we should explore a bit more and, and head into the woods a bit. And everyone going like, who votes research? Research, research, let's go do that instead. That moment. Okay. Like that, I'm going to have to go with that because that, like that actually made me laugh. Oh yeah. Like not like a lot, <laughs> but like it made me chuckle out loud. A little chuckle. Like, yeah. It, sure. That was... That was the moment where the the line actually made me go, huh, yeah, that's great. All right, that's fair. What's your quote of the day? All right, well, I've got a main one and a runner-up. They're both Buffy lines. Towards the beginning of the episode, you got her a book on spells. The girl who can break things just by looking at them now has a book to teach her to break things by looking at them. <laughs> okay, I yeah, that was good. I think that was probably the cleverest line. A very close runner-up is Buffy's other line. You're the one who insisted on teaching her to talk. Yeah. I'm like, oh, snap. Those <laughs> those were good lines. Mm-hmm. Those, those, I, I'll have to agree. Those were good lines. Well, there it was. Yeah. So, uh, welcome back. This has been another episode of 
Beer with Buffy. Yeah, Merry Christmas, fuckers. Yeah, Merry Christmas. We're glad to be back into the game, and uh, now you can all quit complaining to us about <laughs> where the fuck are we. But no, seriously, thank you so much for all you fans who have checked in on us during this break and wished us well for our de-stressing break. It was needed. Yeah, you were all super fucking cool about yeah. it. And you know what? You don't even have to stop complaining. No. Just make uh, it a running gag. Yeah. Uh, every time we great. release an episode, comment on it and go, where the fuck are you guys? <laughs> I haven't heard from you in months. <laughs> keep it going. Yeah. What um, would Josh do? <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't think that's a really good thing at all. Because what would Josh do? <laughs> Probably something unexpected and chaotic. Completely and- highly inappropriate yeah yes that's about all you can say you you don't know what josh is gonna do but it's gonna be highly inappropriate damn right so yeah this has been another episode of beer with buffy don't forget to find us on facebook give us a like follow our facebook group interact with us uh that has been a lot of fun even in this break find us on twitter follow us i don't have we been doing much on twitter no, we, almost fucking nothing. Um, we'll get back into that. We'll try. Sure. If you would like to support us, the absolute number one way you can do that is through iTunes giving us a review. Uh, we're still running the review drive. Uh, you give us a review, we'll send you some shit. Everybody gets a free sticker, and the next person that reviews us, we will run a contest, and the grand prize is a Beer with Buffy hoodie, a zip-up fucking hoodie yes with our goddamn logo on it um now by the way we've gotten a few of those reviews that are just stars you don't qualify for the contest if you don't write anything yeah because uh, then we can't track you down th- literally the only reason why is because uh we we have no way of knowing who the hell you are there's no name attached to the stars <laughs> so definitely write something even if it's just your name and a good sound Show <laughs> like e I noise. I will send somebody an extra sticker if they write that exact review. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but other than that, if you'd like to support us, you can do so in a few other ways. Uh, financially, you can do so on Patreon. Patreon.com slash beer with Buffy. Uh, give us a follow. We'll read your name on the air. And then, of course, you can buy shit with our logos on it at shop at Beer with Buffy, right? Or, Just no. beerwithbuffy.com. Look or poke yeah. around for the store. You'll find beerwithbuffy.com. There, there's store links and everything. Yeah, if you don't want to fuck around with our contest, you can just buy some shit. Yeah, uh, we, we've we gotten a lot of stuff on there. And uh, uh, now that we're back from the break, I'm going to actually be going in and adding more shit to the store soon. I had a few good ideas over the break and i can't wait sweet and then finally if you would like to get in touch with us you can do so in a number of ways first is email beerwithbuffy at gmail.com or you can call or text our voicemail line which is 269-743-0783 and you can message us on twitter and facebook as well we reply to it all probably i mean usually usually I get push notifications. Yeah. I'll be at work and I'm like, who's this jabroni (laughs) wanting to talk to me about the podcast? That's a thing I do in another section of my life that has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. Yes. Weird. And then finally, again, thank you so very much to JJ Tweadway. Tweadway. Every time, man. Every time. 
JJ Treadway for our lovely music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. <laughs> We're Pickock! Man! Baby! You you haven't had a reason to do chicken noises in months! <laughs> you're just you're probably gonna be overflowing with chicken noises in the future episodes because you've just been no outlet! <laughs> Damn right. Still just trying to piss off Nicole. <laughs> See what you did, Nicole. done why are we watching this <laughs>